Christmas morning when you were six years old. Wide-eyed, full of expectation of what God's going to do in your life. And we know that our kids are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has great, mighty plans for their life. They're going to be leaders on this earth and leaders among this generation and the next. The title of this morning's message is Turnaround Time. Turn around time is the title of this morning's message. And so when you found Luke chapter number 2, verse number 16, everybody say, I'm there. Everybody say, I'm ready. Everybody say, Merry Christmas. Come on now, let's do this. And the Bible says, and they, who's they? He's talking about the shepherds. And so when the Bible says, and they, he's talking about the shepherds, and they went with haste. Man, they were in a hurry to get somewhere. When's the last time you were in a hurry to get into the presence of God? Amen. Man, the shepherds were spoken to by the angel of God, and they said, hey, I'm in a hurry to get somewhere. I'm in a hurry to get into the presence of the Savior that's been prophesied, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, everybody say, but Mary. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned. Everybody say returned. Glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. And the title of this morning's message is Turnaround Time. And what do I mean by turnaround time? Turnaround time is this. Turnaround time is when you're ordering a product... Let's say if you go into McDonald's to order a meal or you're online Christmas shopping and you order from Amazon or eBay or you place an order anywhere, the turnaround time is the time from when you place the order till the time that the order is fulfilled and back to you. That is the turnaround time. The reason why many of us like Amazon Prime is because of the two-day turnaround time. Can I get an amen on Amazon Prime? Amen. <laughs> We like the turnaround time to be quick. We don't want to wait long. And if fast food doesn't come out fast, we're mad at the turnaround time. Amen. If a convenience store isn't convenient, we're mad because of the turnaround time. When you can't pay for your gas at the gas pump anymore and you got to go in to get the receipt, you're mad because you've lengthened your turnaround time. The shepherds had a turnaround time. From the time they heard the voice of God... To the time they went and saw Mary and Joseph and Jesus and the baby lying in the manger, to the time that they returned was their turnaround time. And as the body of Christ, there is a turnaround time in your life. From the time you hear the information to the time you walk it out in activation is called turnaround time. The only way you can get turnaround time as a believer is from the time you hear the information to the time you walk it out in activation, there has to be a revelation in your heart, a change in your heart to make the activation truly possible. Otherwise, you're just doing stuff. Last week, I talked a lot about do something. You remember that? Do something. And a lot of us, we went out with activation because it dawned on you, I can just do something. But in the holidays, we get so busy doing stuff, we end up doing nothing instead of really doing something. But God says, I've got some information that I want to make revelation to put you into activation. And from the time the information's given till the activation takes place, it's called the turnaround time in your spiritual walk. All year long, we've been doing um, a, a campaign called Reach, Raising Eternal and Community Hope. 
And we've ignited nations around the world. We impacted a four-state area, and we've influenced a 20-mile radius, and we've had a year of amazing turnaround time in the kingdom of God. Now listen, you got about eight days left, nine days left in this year for turnaround time to continue to take place. And Christmas is the greatest time of year to do that, to reach, raise eternal and community hope. But if we are going to have turnaround time, we must turn Christmas around. And it's no longer Sam T. Cirque, but it truly is Christmas. And it started with compassion um, that we preached on five weeks ago. And it's ending today with what is true salvation in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Dallas Willard says this quote, and I believe he phrases it the best. It says, the first act of love is to pay attention. The first act of love is to pay attention. Now, about this time of year, we do a lot of paying. We either pay with Discover card or MasterCard or Visa card, and hopefully it's all on your debit card because you're doing it debt-free. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, come on now. We are making progress becoming debt-free in this church. I love hearing that. Three years ago, I said that, and everybody's like, huh? This year, we're getting some amens. About half of y'all said amen. So we're, we're making progress in the kingdom of God, and I'm excited about that. And so this time of year, we do a lot of paying, and you pay a lot of different things, but when is the last time we paid attention? The first act of love is to pay attention. One of the core values of our church is eyes open. We look for every available means at every available time to reach every available person through service and through giving. And so the first act of love is to pay attention. Many people begin to question, how can I possibly do something with everything else that's going on throughout this holiday season? We got Christmas parties and we got shopping and we still got to go to work and we still got to go shopping and we got to go fix dinner and we still got to go shopping. And everything we do, it seems it revolves around shopping, right? Whether it's shopping for the food or shopping for the presents or shopping for that one person you weren't expecting to have to shop for. That's good. Come on now. Am I the only one that had to shop for somebody they didn't expect to have to shop for? Okay, I, I take that back. Is my wife the only one who had to shop for something <laughs> that we didn't know we were going to have to shop for, right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to have an amazing wife who, who got the Christmas shopping done this year, and I'm excited. And in this, how do we possibly do something because we're somebody doing all a bunch of stuff? And how do we accomplish what the kingdom of God has for us to accomplish? Now, listen. Many people have a lot of this. It's called holiday busyness. Holiday busyness is nothing more than misdirected potential. All the busyness, all the time, money, and energy you have at Christmas time is directed somewhere. And many times it's misdirected potential because instead of doing something, we're doing a bunch of stuff with all the time, money, and energy that we have. Now listen. There's a term that I want to bring into your, to, to, into your um, information house today. And I want you to put it in your mind and in your memory because I want you to remember what this term means. It's the term essence. Essence. The official definition of essence is this. It is the set of attributes that make an object what it fundamentally is, which it has by necessity. And without these attributes, it loses its identity. So essence is this, it is the set of attributes that make an object what it fundamentally is. It has these attributes by necessity. If it loses these attributes, it is no longer what it is. For example, Pastor Joel loves chocolate chip cookies. Can I get an amen on that? 
Who else likes chocolate chip cookies in the house? Hey, Damon's an oatmeal raisin cookie fan. If you want to bless him, bring him some oatmeal raisin cookies. I was going to use that as an example, but you have two essences in there, and chocolate chip cookies is an easier essence to describe. A chocolate chip cookie is a chocolate chip cookie because it has chocolate chips in the cookie. Pretty profound, huh? Right? If you took away the chocolate chip cookies, or the chocolate chips from the cookies, it would cease to be a chocolate chip cookie. It would just be a cookie. I don't know what kind of cookie, a dough cookie. It wouldn't be a sugar cookie because sugar cookies, you got to put sugar on top. So it would just be a cookie. But if you take the chocolate chips and put them back in, it thus becomes a chocolate chip cookie again. So the essence of a chocolate chip cookie is the chocolate chips in the cookie. But if you take away the chocolate chips, you take away the essence of the cookie and it no longer is a chocolate chip cookie. It's just a cookie. Does that make sense? So essence, if we want to give a literal, literal definition, it's the heart of the matter. It's the heart of what it truly is. So the literal definition of essence is the heart of it. The heart of a chocolate chip cookie is the chocolate chips in the cookie. And so in this Christmas season, if all of your holiday busyness is done just doing a bunch of stuff, did you really have Christmas? Because if we take the the, the something that we're supposed to do and just replace it with stuff that we're doing, we've changed the essence, the fundamental attributes of what Christmas truly should be. Therefore, a lot of holiday busyness is just misdirected potential It is not really Christmas as we know it. Now listen to this statement. Everybody say time. Time. Everybody say money. Money. Everybody say energy. Energy. Say time, money, and energy. One more time. Time, money, and energy. Hey, those are the three things that we all say we need more of, but they're also the same three things that we waste the most of. That's good. Right? They're the three things we all we wish had more of. The older I get, the realize I wish I had more time, right? The, 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 the more stuff and things that we use money on, the more we realize I wish we had more money, right? Energy. <laughs> when you hit 40, some of y'all are like 63, 64, you're like, wait till you hit 60, right? I'm not there yet. I'm going to wait till I hit 60 because I'm not buying, I'm not trying to spend my time quicker than I need to. You wish you had more energy. So the three things that we say we need more of, many times we waste the most of. And so in this, I want us to talk just for a minute about time, which is our most precious commodity. Now, I've asked the help of a rage student. Stratton, can you come on up here and help me out this morning? Y'all give Stratton a hand clap. Come on now. Love it. Stratton, come up here and just stand right here, right next to me. Stratton's done grown like 10 inches this past year and look me in the eye now. I mean, geez. What grade you in, Stratton? Stratton is a freshman. Y'all remember when you were a freshman? Come on now. Y'all give the freshman a hand clap of praise. Help him out. Now, Stratton, a lot of times when we're at this time of year as an adult, I'm going to forewarn you, as an adult, you're going to spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff that when you look back on it, you're going to say, did that stuff really matter and I wish I would have done something with my life right now you hear teachers tell you this all the time okay and they're not wrong but I want to present it to you in a different way Stratton I went out and spent a bunch of time 
buying you presents. <laughs> Would you hold those for me? Just hold them right there. He looks good, man. But here's the thing. The thing that we do the most is buying presents and at Christmas time. And Stratton, if I were to tell you that in that box, one of those boxes, was the brand new iPhone X. Heather, I think I know what he wants for Christmas. I mean, I'm just saying, his eyes kind of lit up a little bit. He got a smile on his face. I'm just telling you, there's nothing in those boxes, okay? There's nothing in any of these boxes that I'm fixing to get. They're completely empty, so don't run out with my presents. I need them for second service, okay? In that, there's a new iPhone X in there. And I spent a lot of time shopping for your phone. But the thing about this right here, we spend a lot of time on this right here. And we spend a lot of time on texting to keep in contact, on phone calls to keep in touch, on social media to stay related to or in contact with and to stay involved with. But the thing about this is the thing that we've spent so much time on has literally done the exact opposite of what we thought it would do. So instead of me buying you another bigger, better, awesome, badder phone so we can keep in contact, instead of buying another phone, what if I just did this with my phone? Uh-oh, come on. Instead of buying another phone, what if I just put my phone down? Yeah, that's good. There's not a lot of happy people in the house right now, I'm just saying. Some of you are like, I bought my phone a kid, my, my phone a kid for Christmas. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is. I bought my phone a kid, right? Some of y'all get that in a minute. No, you bought your kid a phone, but usually we treat our phone better than we treat our kids sometimes, right? And so on this, I'm going to ask you of all the things that you've done to keep in touch with your kid, has the one thing that you've bought them to keep in touch actually, is it keeping you from actually touching them and being in contact? And you know what? As much as we would text Stratton and have Facebook conversations, you don't do Facebook, that's, too, that's way past your generation. Hey, guys, if they're 24 and younger, they don't really do Facebook much anymore, okay? That's old people's social media. That's why Joel's on Facebook, all right? But whatever you guys use, and I don't even know because my kids are eight and six, I need some of you adult parents to tell me what this is. Um, all the things that I've done to keep in touch with you has actually separated us and we don't touch at all. So everybody say time. Everybody say money. How much have we really spent on Christmas, the essence of what it really is, versus how much money have we spent just doing stuff? Who can tell me the top three gifts you got for Christmas last year? Somebody? Anybody? My wife remembers one. She said, I got a Kindle. <laughs> right? I'm glad it, I, I'm, 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 that makes me happy. <laughs> she remembered my Christmas gift. Nobody can remember your top three Christmas gifts from last year? The top three, the, 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 the one you spent so much time searching the internet for, spending all your time to spend a lot of money on some stuff, and we don't remember a year later? We don't remember the top three? So here's the deal. 
How much energy have we really spent on the, or the, how much um, money have we really spent on Christmas, the essence, what it really is, versus how much have we spent on just doing stuff? The more, more money is spent on Black Friday than any other day of the year. And in fact, that's the reason it's called Black Friday because many businesses all year long are in debt and they're failing and they're about to go under until Black Friday combined with Cyber Monday now has become a week of spending rather than just a day, and I bought you two more presents with all my money. And in there, I know you're about to turn 16, and I think you would like a car. So I spent my hard-earned money, and there's keys in one of these boxes. Not really, they're empty, okay? (laughs) There's keys in one of these boxes that I spent my hard-earned money on to give you something so you'll stay away from me more. Now, I can say that because I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. When my kid turns 16, I'm probably giving them a car. Get out of here, right? So I'm not, I'm not judging parents for buying your kids phones and cars. What I'm saying is if you're doing it and saying it's Christmas, it's really not Christmas. It's stuff. So everybody say money. So we have time. We have money. How about energy? How much energy have we really spent on Christmas The heart of it, what it really is versus how much energy have we spent just doing stuff. Think of how much money is, or how much energy is exerted in one month during this time period. The shopping and the Christmas parties and the shopping and the cookies and the shopping and the family get-togethers and the shopping and the church and the shopping and the... You know, you think about Christmas and at the end of Christmas, most people are like this. Whoo, I'm glad that is... If you say that phrase, it means Christmas was stuff and it's lost the essence of what it really is and what it should be. And so on this, let me give you this funny one because I know it's kind of getting heavy. It is so easy to, it is so easy to confuse heavenly business with holiday busyness that sometimes we miss it. How many of y'all are the amazing, awesome family that takes Christmas photos and sends them out to everybody on Christmas cards? I wish our kids would, I wish we, I'm not saying I wish we would do that because I really don't wish we would do that. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be ugly in that. It's just, that's a lot of energy and time. I'm grateful for the ones who send us cards with your family because y'all look beautiful. And I'm wondering how you get your kids to sit still and smile and give you that great picture as pose. But let me tell you, is the smile really genuine? Or have we so perfected the parent talk? Do y'all know what parent talk is? It's you can smile and not move your lips, but you can still talk very clearly. You've almost become a great ventriloquist. Like, Caleb, you better sit there and do good and you better smile during this picture. You can talk without even opening your mouth. Like, kind of like David said, that's enough. Like, I don't even have to move my jaws and my kids know I'm serious, right? And so we have all this energy spent on doing stuff. But in the end, how many of you guys who received these amazing Christmas cards with these beautiful family photos still have them from last year? We got a handful. My wife does. We pile them all in a box. We got a big box of cards. So we got about 15 people out of this sanctuary full of people that actually keep your energy spent gift of half a day 
for the long term. Stratton. I spent all week looking for these presents for you. Boy, this is a good American Christmas. Hey, uh, Pastor Damon, can you grab an empty chair or Zach and bring it up here so Stratton can sit down? Those presents look like they're getting kind of heavy. Why do we do all these things? Why do we do all these things? It is to show people that we love them. It's to show people that we love them. Oh, Damon, I spent a lot of time, money, and energy on this present. And it, it does have glitter on it, by the way. Damon loves some glitter. If you want to get Damon a stocking gift, get him glitter. I'm just kidding. Damon does not like glitter. <laughs> Please bring him oatmeal raisin cookies and not glitter. <laughs> but what if this great American Christmas wasn't really Christmas at all? What if, Stratton, Christmas looked a little bit different? What if What if it looked a little bit more like this? Time, money, energy. What if it looked a little bit more like this? Let me see your big old foot. You're a freshman. Let me see this big old foot. You're a freshman. What if it looked a little bit more like this? Yes, yes. Yes, Lord. You put your feet in there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm baptizing next service. I'm making sure it's warm. Stratton's a millennial. Stratton has done nothing for me. Stratton walks into church. Stratton enjoys worship service. Stratton's a great kid. But you know, what has Stratton done for me? He's a youth. What's he done for me? See, a lot of people do stuff because people have done stuff for them. But isn't the essence of Christmas... doing something for somebody even if they don't deserve it. Yeah. What if before we open all the presents tomorrow we went to our spouse and said, baby, before I show you all the time and money and energy I've spent 
I'm really going to spend some time serving you because Jesus would. I'm still going to spend money because the most costly thing I have is my abilities. And I'm going to spend my abilities on you. And you know, the energy that I'm exerting here, we could be doing other stuff. But this is the most well-spent energy I've spent all day. What if the American Christmas didn't have our hands full, but our hands were empty so we could serve? What if our hands weren't so full holding all the stuff that we could actually do something? What if the essence of Christmas, the fundamental attributes that make it what it truly is, were actually exerted, not deserted? Because we'll spend $1,000 on an iPhone X to show somebody we love them so they can stay away from us more. And we miss the time that we would have never gotten back. You know, the funnest thing about growing up at Christmas at my house when I was a kid wasn't the presents under the tree. You know what it was? We would all cook breakfast together. And we didn't have a lot growing up, but mom always made sure we had bacon and eggs that morning. And we would make a bunch of bacon and a bunch of eggs and, and white toast and butter and jelly. That's it. Amen. And that was a massively expensive breakfast for us. There's six of us. But it wasn't that she spent a lot of money on the breakfast. It's that she let us do breakfast with her. She let us help cook it. And we spent time together doing stuff instead of doing stuff we did something with the money that we could do something together and we spent our energy serving one another and cooking breakfast for one another and then the presents were just fun afterwards and see Stratton didn't know what I was going to do this morning But I promise you, as long as Stratton lives, he'll remember one thing. December 24th, the day before Christmas, when he sat on stage in front of his church family, and the pastor washed his feet. Somebody that anybody my age should overlook and say, kids, wearing hats in church. Right? Believe me, I know when he walked up here on the stage and had a hat on, some of y'all people, your religious spirits said, ugh, take that hat off at church. <laughs> Leave your hat on. Amen. Yeah. Leave it on. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it on. Because the sign of how much I love Stratton is not changing to conform him to my religion. It's loving him where he's at. The sign that I love you is I'm not trying to change you to be like me. I'm loving you right where you're at. And trying to show you that the Father loves you right where you're at. Not by how much money I can give you or how much time I can spend on you and how much energy I've exerted trying to preach a message, but simply saying this. 
If I could do this to every one of your feet in a timely fashion before the service was done, I would have done it. I would have done it. But I was praying this morning as people were walking in, God, who's the one? Who's the one? The Bible says in Luke that Jesus left the 99 and went after the one. That doesn't mean he abandoned the 99 and rejected the 99. It means he put them in a safe place. He's a good shepherd. He takes care of the sheep. He put the sheep in a safe place. But he went after the one. That, Stratton, I don't know what you're going through. Because honestly, I haven't spent time to get to know you. I like it when I see you. It's fun when you play soccer with my kids because your um, Uncle Coach Slade was coaching them. And thank you for pouring into my kids at the soccer field. And, And just having fun with my kids when we were coaching them. But to say I know Stratton is is a lie because I don't know him. But when I saw him today, God said, he's the one. He's the one. Joel, that you spend all morning long in this message. Stratton, I created this message for you. To know this, that you're special. And I don't know what you're struggling with in school, but I sense that you are. I'm not sure what you're dealing with in life. I know you're trying to find your place just because I know what it's like to be a freshman. Long time ago, but I know what it's like to be a freshman. (laughs) But God said when you walked in the door, Stratton is the one. And if he'll stand up there and hold six presents, God said, I'll change his life. So Stratton, I don't know what the next four years of high school hold for you. I don't know what your college or work life or career life holds for you after that. But I want you to know that as your pastor, but more than that, as your brother in Christ, I love you, man. And I am here for you till the day is long. Till the morning comes. For as long as I'm on this earth. Because when God highlighted you this morning in my life, I believe there's something He's going to pour into your life at this moment right now. And I believe there's a shift happening in your life. That He's lining out your destiny. He's lining out your future. That Jeremiah 29 11 is not a cliche phrase in your life anymore. But He knows the plans that He has for you, Stratton. Plans to prosper you, no matter what you're struggling with right now. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And you know what? I'm committing myself to you to make sure that happens. So this morning, what is Christmas really all about? Christmas is about this. Put your feet on there. It's about finding the one and doing something. Doing something that'll change their life.
God's got them. I know you're mom. <laughs> I know you're being mom and you love. God's got him. Okay? Funny thing is, when we moved here to Mich- from Michigan years ago, I didn't even put all this together until I saw you crying over there. Sorry, she's crying. A lot of y'all are crying. <laughs> Heather and her um, brother and her other sister were my first friends. When I moved here, I don't know, what year was it, Mom? 84 when we moved here? I was in kindergarten and had no friends. They were the first family I met in kindergarten. And remember Miss Benson and Miss Hodges? I mean, well, I still remember my school teacher. And oh, how life comes in a complete circle. You were one of my first friends. And now I'm here for you for life. And I commit that to you. And I don't really know how to close this service. I'd love to say, come up on here and lead us in worship and let's sing together and kumbaya. And... But is that really Christmas? Is that really what it's all about? Is it really? Hey, Damon, come up here. Grab Stratton and help him get to his seat. You leave all the presents and stuff there. I want Damon to come and help you get to your seat because you're not alone. You're not alone. Y'all give Stratton a hand clap.